Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I wanted to come back to this tonight and touch on a few things. I didn't get through everything last time, but touch on a few things, and uh, we'll read it here. Once you're there, let me know you're there. All right. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Judge not that you be not judged for what judgment you judge, for what, with what, with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with, with what, oh, y'all pray, I'm all tongue tied of a second. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? In your own eye, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at plank is in your own? Hypocrite, our favorite word, right? First, remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It goes on to say, do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. But this subject of judging in uh, verse 1 through verse 5, we talked about this, uh, started uh, back several months ago, and then, then I came back to it uh, in March and talked a little bit about it. And, um, you know, I know it's, uh, it's probably everybody's favorite subject to talk about, right? Uh, or probably not. Uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, uh, I, I, it's not a subject necessarily. I was just dying to talk about it again. But, you know, it's important that we learn these things. And uh, I know since I've started this, uh, I've had several people come and make some comments to me about judging and making some jokes, you know, don't judge me and everybody's, you know, just being funny. And, uh, uh, but you know, judging really is an issue and it's something that's all around us. I had somebody come to me in the last couple of weeks and just said, Hey, you know, I have several people, but this one kind of stands out that said, uh, you know, I've been endeavoring to, to, to pay attention to this and man, it's tough. Anybody have a similar, uh, uh, response on that? And uh, like I said, I, I originally, uh, a while back, Brother Keith Moore had put out a series on judging, and really a lot of this is where it comes from, uh, from listening to that, and just really spoke to me, and I listened to it over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and probably over again, and uh, uh, just something that kind of really stirred me up in, in this thing, and, and it is something that's all around us. He made the comment on there uh, back when he was teaching it, uh, and uh, Rama. Uh, a first year student came to him and uh, said, Brother Moore, I can't wait to get in your second year class on uh, submission and authority. And uh, that was a second year class. And uh, uh, he said, I just can't wait to get there. Submission is just something I've always loved. And so then he talked to that same person after the, they were in the class their second year. He said, man, Brother Moore, I don't know what's wrong. I've got, I'm having the worst time submitting since I've started your class. And how many know that there really wasn't a problem submitting before? They just weren't trying to not, they, they weren't even aware of the issue. And so if uh, judging is something that you're like, I don't have a problem with judging, it's probably, it could be, uh, uh, let's just say that, I don't want to judge you, right? But it's quite possible that it's just something you're not paying attention to and not aware of because it goes on all over the place. And, uh, you know, it is something that... Um, that, that, uh, uh, I believe it's a strategy of the enemy. Of course, we know that the, uh, that the devil has been defeated. Aren't you glad that the victory Jesus won is a complete victory? He didn't leave any part of it done, but he said, it's finished. It's done. It's all authority has been given to me. And so he's won it all. And so the, the power authority that our adversary, the devil had, he no longer has because Jesus stripped him of that. And now we have been given that authority in our lives because he conferred it to us after he got a hold of it. 
he conferred that to us. And so the enemy is still defeated. And yet the enemy is at work in people's lives often. Even in believers' lives, he, he's at work. And, and I can even say there's been times he's been at work in my life. Well, if he's working, there's got to be a reason uh, why uh, uh, these things are happening. I'm not saying that attacks are one thing, but working in your life is something else. You know, attacks may come and things, the enemy might bring things your way, but anytime he starts gaining ground or starts winning a victory in an area, how many know he's there, there must be an open door to that. There must be something that's, that's allowing him to move because he doesn't have the right to do it in and of, of himself. Even in the beginning, before, uh, when this all started, he didn't have the right to do to human race, to do whatever he wanted to. They had to submit their will. They had to agree with him. They had to listen to him and participate in what he, what the, what he was offering in order to get an open door there. And so the same is true even now. Jesus came and restored us back to where we were before, but what, whatever effect the enemy has in our life that actually working he can do in our life is really up to us. And we've got to stay on top of making sure that we keep every, uh, uh, we don't give him place. The Bible says, nor give place to the devil, right? No opportunity to move. And so uh, this, this, uh, subject of judging, I believe is something that's very, very important. And it is like the person said, it is so difficult because it's all around us. Everything is asking for us to have a decision and to have an opinion and to, to, to think about this situation and that situation and tie people to this and to that it's all around us. And, and, and I would say, you know, that we've probably all had opportunities to judge since I talked last. We probably all had opportunities to judge in the last two weeks, last week, maybe even today we've had opportunities to judge. And you know, there is almost this spiritual force behind it that wants to pull you into it. If you walk into a, uh, an environment where there is judging going on, there is something that wants to draw you into that. It's, it's, like, it, it's like this uh, gravitational field that just pulls you right into it. It's a spiritual force. It's something that the enemy uses to trap people and to, to gain access to their life. And so it's an important thing that we talk about. It's something that's uh, uh, really, it's an opportunity for us to grow. I mean, it's an opportunity for us to shore up our, our, our spiritual houses, so to speak, and to, and to, to uh, uh, solidify the foundation of which we're building our life and to really monitor what's going on. You know, that's an important thing to do. And so it is an opportunity for growth. And I will say this, if, if, if Jesus said to judge not, it's possible for us to not judge. As, as, as daunting of a task as that may seem, and when you look all around us, it's everywhere. Uh, if with the pervasiveness of judging, it is possible, if Jesus said to not do it, it's possible to live a life where we don't, where we're free from it. And uh, now I'll be honest with you, I'm not perfect in this area. And I, I would assume probably no one in this room is probably perfect in this area. And so that means we've all got room to grow and all have room to develop. And, you know, it's like anything else. Unless you're honest about it, then the Lord really can't help you to, to address anything. Unless we're open to hearing from him about something that he's not able to, to supply the grace we need in that area. And we need grace in this area. I'll say it this way. I need grace in this area. I live in the same world you live in. I see this, the same stuff you guys see. I see even different things. You see different things than me, but there are things that have come my way and issues that come up that, that are calling for me to have an opinion just like they are for you. I need this in my life. Anybody agree with me? And so it's an important thing that, that, uh, uh, that we do, and it's a challenging subject. But, you know, uh, any, like I said, anytime the Lord tells us to do something, we can do it. Everybody say, I can be free from judging. 
You know, that's a good goal to have. That's a good, that's a good mark to be pressing toward. That's a good thing to be striving after. Amen. Praise God. And so we'll read this verse again. It says, judge not that you be not judged. Of course, you know, like we said last time, and we'll hit a few review things here, but he said to judge not and just alone, if that was the only reason, just because he said not to, that'd be enough reason to not do it. But he said that you be not judged. Is anybody in here have any areas that you would like to not be judged in? <laughs> just me and Philip. And Emily in the back. All right, Emily's like, me, me, me. Now, we all have areas, right, that, that we don't want judgment. And so what do we want? We want mercy in those areas. It says, for what with judgment you judge, you will be judged. With what measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And I said this before, that's 100% fair uh, to, because whatever you sow, you're going to reap. It is a spiritual law. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. You know, it's never, it doesn't make any sense. And this applies to all of us to look at our harvest and, and to then criticize our harvest because our harvest in any area is a direct result of whatever we've sown. If you don't sow it, you're not going to reap it, right? In, in good and in bad, if you didn't first put it into the ground of your life, if you didn't first sow that thing, then you're not going to reap it. Because you can't, I, I'm not a farmer, but I would imagine you don't reap crops that you never plant. Now, there's a field behind my house, a big field. There's a bunch of acres back there, and they've got cattle that they, they put on it from time to time. And, and uh, now, as long as we've lived there, but eight years we've lived in this house, I've never seen them plant anything. I've never seen them come through and plant corn or, or, or watermelons or, or uh, peanuts or whatever it is. I've never seen them plant anything. And, you know, I'm not surprised that I've never seen any of those crops there. I've, I've never, I've never seen one. Now, if tomorrow I go home or, or wake up in the morning and look out and suddenly there's just a boatload of corn growing, I would be shocked because I live right next to it and I've never seen, I don't, I've never, I hardly ever see a person out there, much less plant anything and cattle don't plant right? They do leave things, but it's not corn, right? And so, uh, you know, they're not planting stuff. So if I were to see a field full of, you know, okra, I don't even know what that would look like, but uh, is okra a big plant or a small plant? You don't know. You eat it, but you don't know. I don't know either. So it's a small, it's okay. It's tall. Some say it's small. I guess it's dependent upon your faith, right? So some of you have big faith. Some of you have little faith. So some of your okra are small, some of your okra are big. And so we'll pray for all you small folks and and then you big ochre folks will pray for you for exaggerating. But anyway, um, whatever that is, uh, 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 I don't know what I was saying. So if I were to show up tomorrow's there, the point is whatever is there in your life is there because something, it was planted. Now, I'll say this as, as a side note. You know, it's possible to have things planted in your life that you allowed somebody else to plant. And, and that's a little side note, but, you know, it's very true. Uh, and even on the subject of judging... We'll get to it later as far as what you hear. You got to watch out what you're allowing somebody else to plant. Right? You, you have to be aware of that in any area of your life. When it comes to finances, you have to be aware to not let uh, seeds of a poverty mentality or lack be planted in your life. Because even though you didn't put it there, you, if you don't do something about it, it can grow right? Somebody else can, you, you allow, allow someone to have access that they ought not have to the ground of your life. Boy, it's important what we listen to. 
It's important who what we see, what we our eyes are feeding on. It's important who we surround ourselves with. Wouldn't you agree? It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And so uh, uh, it's possible for us to to do this. And of course, at the same point, it's fair. With what judgment you use, we'll be judged. And and you know, God's merciful. All of us are on the plus side of this as it is. Right? All of us are on the plus side of as it is. Even if even if you're an Olympic grade judger, even if you have a gold medal in judging, right? You still have received way more grace in a lot more areas because God is just merciful and just kind. I like, you know, the scripture that uh, for the Lord is merciful. For the Lord is good. What did you say, Steve? For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And he's slow to anger, right? I mean, aren't you glad for that? And so even in our lives, you know, one of the things too that, that another side note, uh, it's possible in areas of our life to, to get into the, to the danger of even judging God in things. This isn't fair. This shouldn't be happening to me. God, why are you doing, why are you allowing this? Notice that what we sow, we reap, but we are doing some reaping of what Jesus sowed, right? And so he, he's sown good things for us. And so we, we reap a lot of good things based on what Jesus has done. But uh, I think we've probably all been in situations where we've questioned God. It's important we not do that, right? I'm not saying a lightning bolt is going to fall from heaven because God is just good. But it's important we guard our hearts in these areas. I'm going to say no matter where you are, God's your answer. He's not your problem. Right? No matter what you're facing, God is your answer. He's not your problem. He's a good God. He's a loving Father. He is kind always. His mercy endures to every generation, right? There is no shadow of turning in him. He's always good. He's always good. He's always kind. And so it's just important in these things that, that really, it's, really it's, it's, it's a major ish, heart, or issue of the heart. It's a heart issue. And uh, something that, that's important that we stay on top of. It says, for with what measure you use, we measure to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your own eye and look, a plank is in, uh, in your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your eye, and then you will see clearly and, and, uh, to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So we talked about judging, like I said, the last couple of weeks, and uh, the first really issue that, that we looked at is this issue of hypocrisy. And we won't go into a whole lot of detail about it, but, um, you know, I think it's healthy for us to strive to maintain a healthy opinion of where we are and the frailty of our humanity. Um, you know, we live in a world that's got a lot of issues and there's a lot of problems out there. And, and it's by the grace of God that you and I are maturing out of those things. But every last one of us have areas where we fall short. We all have areas where we fall, fall short. Romans chapter 3, we know this scripture. I'll read it to you in the 21st verse. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by uh, the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There, for there is no difference, for all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. Notice it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us have arrived. None of us have arrived. None of us have arrived. And uh, none of us hear clearly 100% of the time what God is saying. None of us know uh, uh, 100% of the time the right decision to make just in and of ourselves. And it's possible to know the will of God always, but we don't always choose perfectly. Sometimes we pick the wrong apple, right? And uh, we've all been there. Some things just look good and we just go the wrong direction, right? And, uh, you know, maintaining a, a healthy opinion uh, uh, of things is so important. And um, we, we, we were talking last time, you know, I had told the example that uh, Brother Moore had said of some minister friends of his that um, one had a real fiery temper and uh, they were both driving somewhere and they were in different cars and someone cut the one guy off with the fiery temper, you know, and he chased that person down. Anybody ever chased anybody down in traffic? Let's be honest. Anybody thought about chasing somebody? No, wait a second. If nobody in this room has chased someone down in traffic. Well, bro, Officer Kittle, yeah, you chased some people down. Bless your holy name. All right, so if you haven't chased anybody down, then we've got a problem with Clay County. That's why it's so out of control over there. But anyway, um, so only a few people. Anybody, I mean, have you ever, like, at least, at least chase them halfway down, then you came to your senses. I see some people nodding heads, but still hands aren't going up, right? I've been tempted to do that. You ever, guys, ever had somebody do something and you just felt important to roll up at the stop sign next to them or the next stoplight and roll your window down and say, hey, what are you doing? Okay, and I said, oh, yeah, I've done it. You just chased them down, Justin. He's like, oh, I don't chase people down. No, that's chasing somebody down, just in a slightly politer way. But anyway. So this, you know, preacher, people think, oh, a preacher did that? Well, yeah. Preachers have fleshes like you do, right? If somebody cuts me off in traffic, I don't just like, woo, glory. I mean, I'm like, hey, I want to lay my hands on you, you know? Thankfully, I don't. But uh, this preacher, you know, chased the guy down and, and, uh, and the other one's like, oh, well, I got to get there quick. And so he raced to get there as well. By the time he got there, the other preacher in the other car had the other guy out of the car and was just whooping him up, just beating him down, you know, whooping him up and beating him down. It was a bad day. And so just beating this guy. And so the other preacher jumped out. He's like, what are you doing? And they turned around with a big smile on his face and said, well, at least I didn't cuss. And there's this, uh, you know, this, we, but we do this all the time. We justify things and we say, well, my sin isn't as great, as bad as somebody else's sin. And my area where I've missed it is not as bad as somebody else's area where, where they've missed it. You know, really what it is, it isn't the issue. It's all disobedience. It's all disobedience. If it's a white lie or a regular lie, it's a lie, right? If you stole a baseball card or... Or stole $100,000, you still stole something, right? You break the same law or or break the same law in one thing, it's the same law in other areas. And, you know, it's all looked at the same from heaven's perspective. It's all looked at the same. It's people who look at stuff differently. And so a lot of times, you know, judgment happens because we have 
yes, issues in our own life, but we want to point out the things in other people's lives. Hypocrisy is something that we just have to be careful about and, and to not allow uh, access into our life. Go over to Luke, the um, Luke chapter, uh, Luke the 18th verse. What did I say? Luke 18. I mean, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to know. Uh, Luke chapter 18. <laughs> One of the worst things we can do is get into this business of comparison. Hey, man. This uh, business of comparison. You know, comparison is bad in a lot of levels. I mean, it's, it's bad in a lot of areas. But uh, this is a parable here that Jesus gave in, in Luke, the 18th chapter, uh, the ninth verse. And it says, he also spoke this parable to someone who trusted in themselves uh, that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10 says, two men went up, went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, you have to understand, Jesus, when he's telling this, Pharisees were looked at as the best. They were looked at as the most righteous, and tax collectors were looked at as some of the very worst. We don't live in a country and a nation that's being occupied by another, but if we did, your opinion of the occupying forces and those who aid and abed the occupiers is not real good, right? It's, it's not a good opinion. And so uh, this day the Romans were there, and uh, they were collecting taxes, and so ta- they used uh, oftentimes... Well, this had to be a Jewish tax collector because he was in the temple. But a tax collector, they would collect taxes for the Roman Empire and also keep a little extra for themselves. And so these were people that were notoriously corrupt and looked down upon. So two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other man, extortioners, Un, uh, like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, can I just say this? You know, you are not the sum of, you, your identity is not wrapped up in what you do. Our identity ought to be wrapped up in who we serve, right? And it's easy to get our identity wrapped up in all kinds of outward things while outward things are important. Remember, Paul said, you say you have faith. He said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. My works will speak of what I believe. And so our actions ought to reflect what we believe. But how many know that that in and of itself doesn't really make or break you? But this person was putting his trust in what he has done or what he was doing. He said, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified uh, rather than the other. For the, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so comparison is something that we've got to watch against. Now, I'm not saying we're just on our own lives looking for areas where we're missing it and just wanting to come down on ourselves. But having a, a, a heart a realize that we're not perfect, neither should we expect that of everybody else. Right? And judging people by a standard that we're unable or unw- unwilling to live up to ourselves. And so uh, this person here, he said, uh, you know, I'm thankful I'm not like this person. I do all of this. But the other person was aware of who they were. They're aware of their shortcomings. They're aware of, of where they were missing it and their, their humanity. Notice which one got grace and which one didn't. 
Which one was justified and which one wasn't? It was the one who humbled themselves versus the one who exalted themselves. When you exalt yourself, what's involved there? Pride. And what does God do to the proud? He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so, you know, when it comes to judging on areas, you know, it's important that we stay humble. And I feel like I'm spending a lot of time on this, but it's important that we stay humble. It's important that we stay humble. You know, the type of believer in your workplace will have the most success is a humble believer. Is a humble believer. Someone who's humble. Someone who is uh, 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 not, doesn't look down, but is humble towards others. Humble toward, your perspective of yourself will affect your perspective towards others. How you view, view and judge yourself will, will affect how you view and judge others. And so this subject of judging, you know, hypocrisy is not something that, that we, not any of us want to be labeled with, but when we get into judging others, it is exactly what's involved. It's hypocrisy. If we are coming down on somebody else. And so, like I said, judging is something we, we need to, to avoid. I'm trying to get some of the highlights here, but um, some of the meanings of, of judging. What does it mean to judge? Uh, some of the things is to, dis- to distinguish, to discern, to divide into classes, to indicate or show a difference, or to discriminate. One is to decide mentally or to, to make a decision about. And so, uh, like I said, when it comes to uh, people we come into contact with, it's important that we are making decisions that are, that are uh, uh, coming from a good perspective and not a, a vantage point that is skewed. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Um, if we're going to be effective, we must do that. And if we don't, we're calling for judgment upon ourselves. Uh, we talk about ways in which people judge, and this is really uh, something we want to get into tonight, ways that people judge. We looked at this first scripture. Go with me to James chapter 2. Have I really been talking for 25 minutes? Help me, Jesus. Okay. James chapter 2. Are you all doing all right? Like I said, it may not be the most exciting subject in the world, but it is, it is an important subject. How many would like to have the doors closed to the devil in your life? When he attacks, he doesn't have any way to get past the armor. When the wind blows, all of the doors and windows are shut. Right? When, when the ground shakes, your foundation is nice and steady. Because shaking will come. The winds come, right? But when they do, and every other house may seem like it collapses, yours is sitting pretty. Because really when that happens, you're the one that people can run to. Because you're the last house standing. I mean, it's important for you, but it's important for everybody else. And so much of what we do, we've got to change our perspective on why we do things. Right? We judge, judge not so you don't be judged. It's good for me, but also judging not protects my testimony. It protects my testimony. It helps my witness. Right? When the storms of life come, which come to everybody... When we were in Tulsa, you know, they had a, uh, uh, that big F5 tornado in 1998 or 99 went through, and the one that hit Oklahoma City, and it was at that point, I don't know if there's been one bigger, but at that point it was the biggest recorded tornado ever had been recorded on the ground. It was over a mile wide, right? And it hit uh, mile wide, correct? Not mile 
right, but it was a mile wide. But anyway, it hit the ground in Oklahoma City, and it started working our way towards, towards Tulsa. And, um, you know, I'd never, we, since we were out there, we had tornado sirens and stuff went off from time to time, but had never seen a big one, especially not an F5. And uh, so it's coming, it was right at daybreak, or day, the sun was going down, you know, and so it's hitting, and it was on the news, we're watching it going through Oklahoma City, it, it ate an entire school, and it was just this huge monster of a tornado, it stayed on the ground for well over an hour, I mean, it was on the ground a long time, and so by the time it was getting towards Tulsa, the sun had gone down, so we're watching the news, of course, Amy is so at rest, and just so spiritual that she just went to bed, because I believe we'll be fine, so she's asleep, and I'm, I'm watching the news, you know. So she's more spiritual than me. So she's asleep at rest in the boat with Jesus, and I'm out looking at the waves. And so I'm watching on TV as it's racing or, or moving through Tulsa, you know, and it's dark. A tornado is bad enough, but at night, a tornado is just super creepy. At least during the day, you can see it. At night, you can't see anything. Only thing you could see was the Transformers blowing up as it was eating North Tulsa or, or that side of Tulsa coming towards Oklahoma City. Transformer blow up, and of course, it's just dark. And then another transfer would blow up, and it would go dark. That, so that was all you could see of the tornado. Not the most comforting scene. And so, you know, uh, as it got closer uh, to us, it's coming our direction. Uh, of course, the tornado sirens went off, and everything started happening. And, 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 and security came through our apartment complex, and they should have been calm. And they were supposed to tell people, if on the second floor you need to leave, first floor, you're fine. They just said, get out, get out, get out. So everybody's running in a panic, you know, because they're supposed to instill confidence, but they scared us half to death, you know. And so uh, we jump in the car and they told us to go to the gym. Well, in the midst of a storm, what place do you want to go? You want to go to the place that's the strongest, right? You want to go to the place that's the, got the best building. Now, in our case, they sent us to the gym, which made no sense to me. It's a big giant metal building, why are they sending us here so we can all get swept up together? That makes no sense. So me and a buddy of mine, we went outside and decided, well, we'll just watch it come. And, and it picked up and didn't get near us. But uh, men of faith at this point, we we're just casting it out. But uh, actually, we just wanted to see what would happen. But anyway, no, you run to the strongest building. You know, like I said, we, we, we want to make sure that our homes, it's not just for us. Judge not so you be not judged. We want to make sure that we're judging not so that our lives are stable. Right? Because when these storms come, do you want to run into you or run into somebody else? You want somebody running to the truth or running the opposite direction? We want them to run to the truth. And if our lives are solid, then we'll, we'll be a better witness of who he is, right? And so just for that matter, you know, judging is an, is an important thing. But it was talking about, uh, where was I? Uh, uh, yeah, this idea of, um, let me find out where it was. What's that? James 2? Yeah, James 2. Let me see where we want to read here. In the verse 1, it says, My brethren, do not hold fast uh, or hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should, some, should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, there should another come in poor man and filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and to the poor man you stand here or you stand there. Uh, you sit at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality amongst yourselves and become judges with evil hearts? And so, uh, like I said, you know, there's this, this draw to have us to distinguish amongst ourselves and to, to draw comparisons about things. And, um, you know, it's all in our culture. 
It's all in our culture to, to exploit our differences and to compare one another. Now, last time I had, after when I ministered last time, I, 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 afterward, you know, I talked about areas where people are, are looking for comparison and to judge one another's worth on, you know, race and uh, ethnicity and, and social background and economic backgrounds and gender and all of these things. And people were then harassing me after service, so we're not supposed to judge genders and because and, uh, it's all been in the news here. Like, you realize that everything is after us to have an opinion? And I got to thinking about that. You know, they were making fun of, of the, the gender remark. We live in a messed up world. We live in a world where there's a lot of confusion that's out there. I mean, we were talking somebody the other day, Facebook now has 52 different genders they recognize. I'm not, I've, I'd be like, what? Somebody told me that's, was it you, right? That there's, there's, there's 52 recognized genders on Facebook. Who's, probably people are going to go home and look at it, right? I want to look at what these are. Some make no sense. Where judging comes in, it's easy to, to, to think, well, there's two options. And if you're from number three to 52, you, you, there's something wrong with you. But you do realize that that's also judging. That, that the, even on that area, it's calling for us to have an opinion about the person. In all of these things, it just is a reflection of people who need Jesus. There is only two genders, A or B, male or female. Three through 52, instead of, instead of looking down at those people as how messed up they are, they just need answers, right? How you judge that. I mean, I mean this stuff's everywhere. How we look at that stuff. And I'll be honest, I have been tempted of those kind of things. They're ridiculous. Those kind of things to be like just... I can't believe that. What, what in the world's even going on? What's happening? What are people coming to? This is just the result of sin. This is a result of the same stuff you and I have been guilty of doing ourselves. Right? And, and, and it's a crazy thing to think that you'd be that many options. And it doesn't make any sense and it's not Right? But we've got to guard our hearts on these things. Guard our hearts in these areas where people are concerned. He said, you make yourself a judge. You become judges with what? Evil thoughts. And so the one area where we judge is by comparison or or by classifying or showing partiality to people. And so, um, you know, that's something that, that we must... Uh, avoid. I'm going to read the scripture to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I've got to hurry. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. You can write the reference down. I'm going to read it to you. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. The Amplified says, consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view. In terms of a natural standards of value, no, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human view, a viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him, uh, knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. When it comes to our personal lives and our personal walks, talking about, we're talking about judging others. We're talking about people here. We cannot afford to allow ourselves to judge people according to the flesh. 
whether it be deeds done in the flesh or whatever that is, we can't judge people according to the flesh. Now, sin we judge, but not the person. People say, we can't judge, so we can't say what's right's right and what's wrong. No, we judge sin, but we don't assign a value to that person because of that. Right? There are some things that are repulsive to us. Certain sins that are repulsive. But if we ever get to a place where the person, individual, repulses us, we need to check our hearts. Right? You can still be against the sin, but be but before the person. Be against the practice, but before the person. It's possible to live a life where we live that way, where there's not a, an atmosphere of judging towards others as far as rating them or or. Uh, uh, discriminating against, and the word discriminate used for all kinds of stuff now, but, but to say this, is, this, this one's better than that one, or to, it's possible to live that way. Even with people in the midst of issues, it's possible to do that. Jesus ate with the tax collectors. Our Savior did that, and he didn't go take taxes with them. He wasn't taking a little for himself as they went out. Okay, boys, I'll join you. That would have been Judas who would have done that, right? But, but he still ate with these people. The Pharisees actually criticized Jesus for doing that. But all of those years, the Pharisees never had any success in reaching those tax collectors. They never had any success in reaching those tax collectors. Tax collectors knew they were not liked. And yet they continued in their sin. Now, Jesus, we know of for sure one tax collector that Jesus ate with the tax collectors, didn't join their sin, didn't condone their sin, didn't endorse it, but he separated the person from their sin and loved on the person. We do know of one that turned, that a Pharisee had never been able to turn to depart from what they were doing. Matthew was a tax collector, but now he's, one, he's now one of the 12 disciples. He was one of the inner crew that, that ran with Jesus. Yeah, we don't just say that what's wrong is right or it's okay. But, you know, we can stand up for what's right in a way that's not condemning at the same time. That still gives us opportunity to reach the individual. Because who a person is and what's going on in their life are two different things. The same blood that was shed for you is the same blood that was shed for them no matter who it is, no matter who it is, the same blood was shed for them that's been shed for you. Right? And we, we, you know, there's all kinds of examples we can use. You know, the truth is, it's by the grace of God that you and I are in the same situation. It's by the, it's by the grace of God we're not in the same situation. I think I said this last time, nothing, a lot of times... There's a lot, of, a lot of examples you can use, but most people would never have dreamed, dreamt they would have gotten where they were. Probably all of us can say that we were faced at times with multiple decisions, where it came down to a decision point multiple times, where it was a decision to, to even to do this or to do that. One direction would have taken you down an entirely different path than where you are tonight. I think about my dad, you know, uh, He's talked about this for in his testimony, you know, grew up in a, in a, in a, in a you know, a, a Christian home and 
good godly parents raised in church, you know, and then uh, some things had happened. His dad passed away when he was very young. People told him stupid things like, you know, you know, God took your daddy and all this other ridiculous stuff. And so some, some bitterness to begin to, I mean, somebody tells us that, that, that would make you a little bitter towards God, right? Remember, you got to be careful what you hear, but you got to be careful what you say. You can sow a seed into somebody's life of just something that can cause them to go a, a direction they should have never gone. I'm not going off all these different directions. Now, what, 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 he did, what he did when he turned 18 or whatever age, you know, 14, stealing your mom's car and driving around, whatever that was, uh, <laughs> is his decision. But how many of you know that the person, people who make those comments also hold some responsibility there? I believe they hold some responsibility there. Now, he's forgiven them, and, and, and try, we pray that God is forgiven, but we have to be aware of that stuff. But he, I remember he told me he was driving down the road one day, and he, he, I don't remember what it was. You'd seen yourself, if you continued, you would be, go to California. And, and, and I think you said you'd passed a man sitting on his porch, right? He'd passed an older gentleman sitting on his porch all alone. And he realized, if I don't make a change in what I'm doing, if I don't, if I don't make an adjustment, I'm going to be that man on this, on this porch by himself one day. Imagine that. You know, one of the differences between him and that man sitting on the porch could very well have been he recognized that decision. The other person didn't even recognize it. What was it that caused my, my dad to recognize that decision was the grace of God. It was his mother's prayers. Right? Well, how, how come there wasn't grace there for that man? I'm sure there was grace, but he didn't recognize it, didn't respond to it. Simple little decisions take us places we never intend to go. And so we have to be aware of that, amen? So, you know, this idea of, of uh, uh, you know, distinguishing or discriminating or dividing into classes is, is a way of judgment. Another is to pass sentence, part of that word crino, which is uh, another of the word, the word judge, is to decide judicially to condemn or to punish. You're in James, go over to the uh, 12th verse. James chapter 2. Part of, of judging is to, to, to decide, not just mentally, but judicially, to condemn or to punish somebody. Verse 12, it says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. What is the law of liberty? It's just grace. God's goodness. Jesus has shed blood for us, right? For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I have been tempted. I have been tempted. And if you're honest, you've been tempted too. When stuff happens, the temptation is to, to think, I hope they get what's coming to them. That is, that's, a, that's a dangerous game to play. It says that for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Now, this is about judgment from God's position. Judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. Judgment or mercy triumphs over judgment. So, uh, obviously, it's important that we are extending mercy and believing God for mercy in situations. It doesn't mean we condone. It doesn't mean you don't do what you have to do to protect your families. But you should still be believing and asking for mercy. Amen? 
It's important. Now you're in, the, you're in James, so we're going to move on. James chapter 4. We'll look here in the 10th verse. We'll just take a few minutes here. I didn't realize it was going to take me this long to get here, but that's all right. James chapter 4. In the 10th verse, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. Verse 11, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. Who's that talking to? Believers, us. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge, if, but if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Another issue that, that happens in, in judgment is, yeah, showing partiality to this one or to that one, and, but also is uh, representative in the things that we say, the words that come out of our mouth. And this is probably the area where we all have to work the most, is to watch our tongues, to watch what we say. Would anybody here agree that's probably the most difficult? <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I'm not saying this from the standpoint that I'm perfect, but, but we do serve a perfect God, and his word is perfect. We've got we've to get our lives in agreement with this. And, you know, in one area, with, when, in some situations, you can be better in this department than others. But it, it's a willingness to be open to change in all areas on how we talk about things and what we do. But, uh, you know, our evil speaking uh, evil, that it says, uh, where were you? Chapter, verse 4. Verse 11, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. What does it mean? It means to speak bad of one another. So make it real plain, to speak in, an, in, a, in a not good way. To not speak good, but to speak bad of one another. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but we've all been guilty of doing that. We've all been guilty of doing that. And there is pressure. You will face pressure this next week, probably even tomorrow. Maybe before you get home. Maybe before you get to your car in the parking lot. There's pressure to speak evil, speak bad of, of, of individuals. And we really have got to watch the words that we use, the words that come out of our mouth. Who, who is the one that inspires speaking evil of the brethren? What's the accuser of the brethren? Because he is day and night speaking things about us. It's important that our words are for people and not against them, right? Even when they're missing it or we think they're missing it. How many know that it's not our job to even determine whether they're missing it or not? But um, hmm. I think I said this last time, you don't have to have an opinion. You really don't. But... Whether they are or whether they, they're not, it's important that uh, we're speaking things that are for them, imparting grace towards them. Go over to um, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Ephesians chapter four. Can you give me five more minutes? Little preacher joke. Can I have five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, all right, done. You've heard it before, I can tell. All right. <laughs> Steve says that all the time. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. It says, therefore, put away lying. This is Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Now, a lot of people may take that. Well, I'm going to speak truth. I'm just, just going to tell you like it is. No, 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 not so quick. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he, that he, that he may have something to give him who has need. Verse 20, 29, let no, let no. That means we're in charge of this. Let no. You're in charge of this. I couldn't help myself. I had to say something. Did you? No, you chose to. Nobody here is a puppet being controlled by somebody else. It says, let no, even God does not control you. Even the enemy does not control you. God will prompt you to do something. The enemy may try to trick you to do something, but whether you do it or not is your decision. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. This is a pretty tall order, isn't it? Now, immediately when I read this scripture today, I immediately thought of in Matthew 12. I'll just read it to you. He's, Jesus said, but I say to you that every idle word men, men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Every word that we speak will give an account of it. So we, we, I think this is kind of important, right, that, we, that we're careful with this. He says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification or building up. Notice that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, most evil speaking that goes on isn't done to the individual. It's done to somebody else about an individual. I mean, talked about behind your back, being stabbed in the back, all these things that we, we talk about, right, that, that, that everybody loves. Ever had somebody talking about you and you knew it? Isn't it fun? No. Unless they're saying something good, then that's fun. But it said that only let those things which are good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, you're, when, you, when we aren't watching this over ourselves, we spread it to other people. And I'm telling you, we all got to work on this. Myself included, all of us have got to work on it. We're not helping the situation, nor are we helping the person we're talking to. We're not spreading grace. What's the opposite of imparting grace? We're imparting stumbling blocks. We're imparting uh, uh, things that could be an issue and a, and, a, and a tripping thing for them. Impart grace to the hearers, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. And like I said, that, that kindness isn't just demonstrated in face-to-face things. It's also demonstrated in our talking towards others and to others about things. Tender-hearted. What's the opposite of being tender-hearted? It's being hard-hearted. I hope they get what's coming to them. That's judging, right? Forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven you. 
And so we can tell, you know, see here that our conversations are so important. I tell you, if we'll just this next week make it an aim to make sure our conversations are right. Like I said, you can have mastery over this in one area, in one situation, one relationship, but be struggling in another. Right? It's possible. Your success in area A does not negate you need work in area B. Right? You could be good in A through Y, but area Z you're struggling in. You still got to address relationship Z, situation Z. And so, you know, it's something that, that it's a challenge to us that, that we watch every idle word because these things will have to give an account of them. This is good news, ain't it? It's good to know it now and not later, right? To get there and realize, oh, Lord, I did a whole lot of talking. Oh, they won't know. No, you have to give an account of that. I don't know about you, but I want some forgiveness in some areas. I want some grace in some areas. Praise God. Unless the Lord tells me to, or I feel impressed to, I won't come back to the subject again for a while. <laughs> but... um. You know, back in Matthew chapter 7, it it said, Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, it's a subject that I've talked about a bit. Uh, You know, our responsibility and our opportunity we have to, to help train one another and to help one another grow. You know, God expects that of us. It's important that we not judge so that we can be effective at doing that. Because if we don't first look at ourselves and make the adjustments in our own lives, how can we help somebody else? The best teacher is someone who's already learned. If you want to learn to cook, you don't come to Greg Anderson. You definitely don't come to me. Come talk to my wife. Now, I'm a smart man. I'm going to pick my wife. There's a lot of good cooks in here, but you come to Amy. She's the one, the pro at cooking. Okay. (laughs) You would come to her long before you come to me about it. I can even mess up instant rice. That's right. (laughs) That's pretty sad, y'all. That's pretty sad. That's that's a talent. That's right, Jonathan. That's a talent. If it's working on ACs, you go to Doyle. You know, if it's it's baking a cake, you go to Iris. If it's doing the announcements, you go to Doug, you know. (laughs) You definitely don't go to Doug, but anyway, just kidding. If we're going to be a help to people, we've got to deal with these things in our lives. You know, it's a subject that if we're really going to be successful in teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, Jesus said, you teaching them to observe the things that I've commanded you. Notice he didn't say the commandments I've commanded them. He said, I've commanded you. And so, you know, uh, uh, doing this in our own lives is 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 an important thing. If we're going to be successful, it really, it's tied to our success in a lot of areas. Being effective for the kingdom, being effective in our own life at keeping the door closed to the enemy. It's such an important deal. Well, praise God. God's good. Amen. Let's all stand up tonight. And I don't know if any of this has helped anybody or challenged you, but um, I trust it has. You know, it's been a challenge to me and 
And he's, and as I'm speaking tonight, I'm just re, okay, Lord, I, I'll make some, I need to step it up in this and do that. That's, that's a part of growth. That's a part of how we grow. Let's do this night before we go. Everybody grab the hand of the person next to you. I think it's good that we just, uh, unless pastor, you got anything you want to say at the end or anything to, uh, let's just, um, let's just pray together and agree for some grace here. Father, we thank you for this topic. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word. It brings light. And so we want to be faithful to, to respond to and to react to these things and not to feel like we're being persecuted or having a weight put on us because we know that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so there's joy and success in doing what you've instructed us to do and to following your path. That's how we really live is by obeying and, and pursuing you and doing what you've asked us to do. And not just this life, but the life which is to come, it'll speak of us. And so, Father, we thank you for helping us to see these things. Lord, I trust the Holy Spirit that you are uh, dealing with individuals that are not just limited by what I have said tonight, but you're dealing with each of us about this and showing us areas where maybe we were uh, in the wrong or, or not making the mark in, in this and with certain relationships and different things. Lord, help us to see what we need to see. We ask that the teacher, the guide, even work in this in our life and help maneuver and steer us and to uh, direct our paths. Father, we ask, we ask tonight for forgiveness in our lives for missing it in these areas and not being careful and allowing really the, the, the influence of this world to corrupt and to invade and to, uh, 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 to, to just really pollute our lives in these things. Falling into this trap the enemy has set. Forgive us for that. Forgive me for that. For that. Forgive us for yielding to that in all of these different areas. Father, we ask for your grace. We ask for your help. We ask for your mercy. Father, we pray for mercy in our lives, but we also pray for mercy in the lives of those around us. Father, change our hearts. Help us to see things accurately. Those where we were once critical and quick to, to judge that, that we'll be quick to forgive and quick to bestow mercy and grace. Father, help us in these areas. We know that there's not a single thing you ask us or instruct us to do that you're not there to help us to walk it out. So we put a demand upon that. We thank you for it. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you that you're taking us up higher, taking us up to another level. Hallelujah. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. We love you. We honor you tonight. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.